What's up? Welcome to Build. This is Maggie. Today, I have Aurelia Solomon on the show. She's a director of product marketing here at Drift. She's been in product marketing and partnerships forever. She was in sales. She's also a fellow athlete, and she's someone that I personally have learned so much from as a coworker, and I'm so lucky that I get a chance to work with her. And today, I finally get her to give me the rundown on product marketing. So we get into what it is, what good looks like, and why it's actually the key relationship for any product manager to have. I hope you enjoy it. Aurelia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maggie. Happy to be here. Yes, I am excited because this topic has been such a long time coming. It's one of the first questions I ever got that someone wanted me to do on the show, but I wanted to get more experience actually launching products so that I felt like I had at least something to say, and that's product marketing. So we're going to cover what it is, how it works, and all of that, but where I want to start is I imagine that it's a little bit similar to product management and that you don't start off your career being like, I want to be in product marketing unless you did. Um, But how did did you get started and how did you sort of find this path? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think everyone gets to it from a little bit of a different journey. So I started my career in sales and actually got into product marketing earlier than I would say most people. I think you might see typically folks doing five to six years worth of professional you know, career, whether that's sales, finance, you know, a lot of different, um, maybe in marketing, just different roles, and then finding their way to product marketing. So I started in sales. And I loved the commercial side of the business, right? Actually bringing in revenue, I had a quota, loved working with clients and customers. Really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Probably when I made the most money. (laughs) (laughs) Stick to sales. And I loved it. But I I wanted to get even more. I really wanted to do more of that commercial side and even bigger kind of picture. And so I was looking. I lived in New York at the time, was looking to move to Boston. And that's how I stumbled into product marketing. I had never heard of it before. And I met this woman who would now would become my boss twice after that. And she told me about, you know, what product marketing is and how you get to work with customers and sales and think about how do you message and position these products to really commercialize them, bring them to market? How do you understand the competitive landscape and price and package them? And it all sounded really great. And I guess I asked the right questions. And so that's how I landed my first role at a very right entry level uh, position into product marketing. And the thing I live by that she, that my boss had at the time told me is know enough to be dangerous. And that's always what I think about for product marketers is you're never going to demo like the product manager or the SC, but you should understand the product and be able to demo it to a prospect. You should understand and sound you know, intelligent, wherever, whoever you're talking to. And so that's sort of the rule of thumb that, that I've lived by. Yeah. I love, I love that because it sounds, it's so similar to what we, as a product manager, we talk about when we're thinking about working with the stakeholders that we work with most often, which is design and engineering most typically. And even with you, it's like, we have to know enough about your role to have a conversation that's meaningful versus not knowing anything and like not being able to work together. Okay. So then I would imagine that people also have a different opinion on what product marketing is, only because the other day I had a person who actually listens to this show call me up and he was like, Maggie, like I don't know how to organize product management because we have this problem where the PMs are doing all this work and then they have to do the website and then they're doing this. And I was like, 
you are literally going point by point through what I think a product marketer does. And he just didn't, he had no idea. I think he was in the camp of product marketing is like just doing decks maybe, which is what maybe we'll talk about. But um, so in your opinion or in your experience, what is product marketing and sort of what are the basics of it? What do you guys do and, and how are you measured? Yeah, a great question. And this is one I get all the time and is very different at every single company, I would say. But for folks who who have been doing product marketing and understand it, I think there's really a, a very simple way to think about it in that we are the voice of the customer, right? And we should be always, product marketing takes that outside in mentality, understanding like what is going on in the market with our competitors, with trends, right? With buyers and consumers, and, and what are our customers and prospects thinking? What are the challenges they're facing? What are some of their goals? How do they talk, right? What's the language they use? And so having that perspective always and staying close to, to that allows us product marketing to really have this point of view on what's most important for the business in terms of what are the products, right? We should be helping product you focus the roadmap on and invest in because those are ones that are really going to move the needle for our customers. Those are ones that are going to build a competitive moat uh, against, you know, obviously our competitors. I think if you think about measurement, uh, there are two key metrics for me for product marketing. It's hard because a lot of the work we do is qualitative, right? Like you're helping on messaging and how do you really say, oh, this messaging helped us win these deals, even if you're involved in it and you help the rep or um, the competitive positioning helped win that that competitive deal. It's uh, it's still hard, but there's two I I think are you know we we attach to one is win rate, and the second is adoption. And so that's really where I think with PM and and product marketing, right? Like our job is to commercialize all the awesome products that you build, and if customers aren't adopting it, aren't using it, and sales isn't selling it, right? And so new customers aren't adopting it, then in my opinion, we failed, right? Um, in PMM in terms of commercializing that. And so both win rate and adoption influence revenue. So if you bubble it up to like the big business impact, it will, will tie to to revenue. Wait, before you get into the details, I think it's really interesting the way that you speak about that is so similar to the way we talk about products in general, because I think a PM would say, oh, we're the voice of the customer. But what's interesting and what I'm starting to learn over the years is that we are the voice of a specific customer solving a specific problem, but you are, you're bringing that sort of outside of that problem set that you maybe you individual PM cares about. You're looking at the whole customer and their whole business and what they care about overall. And I think that's what I didn't understand in the beginning. Cause I think if you told me that five years ago, I would have been like, who needs product marketing? Like I already know the voice of the customer, but now I understand like, yes, I'm building workflows and you know, we have these things, but without your perspective, that workflow might not make sense to the customer. Yeah, that's a great point. I think when you think about voice of the customer, there's so many different personas, right? And I think the best PMs that I've worked with, you know, and, and obviously working with you and, and your teams are understanding the user that you're building that feature for, right? Who is going to be using it? And that's a and obviously you need to understand at the higher level to the executive level what's the value to them that they would buy it. But there's um, you know, the actual user of the feature and the workflow, and then and that's something I think PMs are super close to. And from product marketing, we need to understand that too, right? Because those are folks that we're speaking with, but also understand what are, how do you sell it, right? Like, because the admin or, you know, the VP of ops might be using it, but it's the 
like CRO or something who has the budget to sign off on it. They're the economic buyer. And so it's understanding how do we take the message and really tailor it for each of those different personas um, and be able to bring that back to you guys too, right? Of like, here is something that, um, you know, we know are products that are really interesting to these different types of personas that maybe we haven't been looking at. Yeah. Okay. So then what are, what are the, the details of the activities that you guys are doing? Yeah. So I think I, I like to think about product marketing as seeing at the hub of uh, a few key teams, one being marketing, product, sales, and CS. Um, and then you kind of have execs there because a lot of the work we do influences them. Um, so they're kind of this side, not side. We'll, see if, we'll see if we get into this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the, the subtext of this conversation is that I don't think I'm doing a very good job at all. And I'm trying to do better working with Aurelia, working with you. So it's just funny to have this conversation and be like, okay, great. Like I'm going to try to do better. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, we're all learning and, and yeah. product marketing is, uh, is I've, you know, now done it at a few different companies, enterprise companies, and it, it's different everywhere. And there's learning curve and, um, you know, we're, 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 we're on the up and up. So it's good. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll table that one for later. Cause I want to talk about our, our place in the org. Cause I think it's interesting, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. So I think if you think, let me just start with marketing. Um, if you, if our role and we'll get into this, I know a little bit later where product marketing sits at drift, we sit within marketing. And so it's funny to say, Oh, how do we work with marketing? But product marketing is really this like very different team within the entire marketing department. And so our role is really providing them with that company and product level messaging and positioning that they can use for all the content, right? That top of, top of funnel content, demand gen campaigns, website copy, just to name, you know, a few. With sales as a key, a really key stakeholder, right, is making sure that they're audible ready to talk about the value of, of drift, right, or of our product. How, what do we do? How do we help you, Mr. Customer, solve your problems and achieve your goals? And how do we do it differently than the, all the other competitors that you're evaluating right now? And so that takes the form of enablement, right? Training, and that's in partnership with a sales productivity and enablement team, but also thinking about the messaging and positioning of the products, right? And um, how are they different from competitors? And that's how some of those trends that we need to understand of what's happening in the landscape really comes in into play. And then obviously that comes into like content, right? Sales needs customer facing collateral, whether that's decks and, and one pagers um, and things like that to be able to articulate this value and show it. And th th that's where we'll get to a little bit later of why sometimes PMM is seen as you know, debt creators. And my sister is the SVP of, of go to market at a company called Critio. And she's like, now owns product marketing. And she's like, what do you do? Like, I just think you make decks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, that's, that's not, let me, let me tell you. <laughs> also like the content in those decks is so important. So, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely some decks and like we make decks too, but yeah. And I think that's the key actually that you just said. It's it's storytelling, right? Product yeah. marketers are storytellers. And how does storytelling take a f take form? It's typically in a deck. Um, however, we can do it in a presentation. We could do it on a prospect or customer call, right? It's all about storytelling. And, and so while it seems like a deck, it's, it's actually what's the right narrative and story to put together tailored to you, Mr. Customer, like specific for that, that prospect. Uh, based on their their challenges, right, and and their unique situation. So that's a little bit of how we, I would say, PMM is with marketing and sales. And now with product, I think being the other like major key stakeholder is 
really bringing those market insights that we talked about, right? The the buyer feedback, the industry trends, the, the data of why we're winning and losing deals, right? As part of a win-loss analysis, the feature requests that come through from customers and prospects um, and the use cases and, and challenges and, that we're hearing to inform roadmap. And I think that's the key piece is like, PMs do a lot of research themselves talking with customers, right? And understanding what's valuable, what should I build? And then what we're also bringing is like, well, these aren't customers yet, like prospects and what are we seeing in the market? How do we get ahead of what's already being requested um, and really work with you guys to, to, inform, to inform a roadmap? And then that allows us to then bring that to you guys and then vice versa, as you build these amazing products, our job is to commercialize those. And, and a way I like to explain is I, one of my roles, um, I was leading strategic product partnerships. And so it was actually finding partners for us to uh, obviously partner with and or potentially acquire a couple. And I met the most amazing CEOs of these companies, right, who have built incredible products, but they hadn't like taken off. They're still very small. And it's because you can build the coolest thing ever, but it's all about commercializing it. Like that is what people ultimately need to buy it for it to take off. And so that's why I love my job. That's why I love product marketing because your team builds these incredible products that I'd have no idea how to build. And I get to do the fun part of like, okay, now let's go sell it. And like, let me tell everyone how to talk about this. (laughs) I think it's, I love it because to me, I have exactly the opposite view, which is like, man, that sounds really hard and challenging. And like, I would not be able to do it, but like the building the thing, like that's easy. And I know how to do that part. So I think like, because I, I want to get into how the role is different, but I want to take a quick detour to what good looks like. Because I think it's one thing to hear how you are operating with all those different teams sort of in the abstract. But I think the on the ground reality, I would imagine, and I've at least I've seen from working with you, is like it depends so much on the teams and the people and the stakeholders and like how they operate. And like one of the biggest challenges I've seen is the timing of it all. And I feel like we've really struggled with, you know, how can I get more predictable for you? And then, you know, when's the right time for you guys to bring those insights back to us so that we can factor it in? And like that timing piece, I don't think I really appreciated how challenging that would be. Yeah, no. And that, as they say, right, the saying timing is everything just for yeah. life. <laughs> but uh, it's very true in our in our role. And that's why I think the alignment between PMM and PM is so important. And, and that's why I think having a roadmap is so important. It's not just for the, it's really more, yes, it's used customer facing, right? Like you or me could talk and show a prospect, here's where we're investing so that they understand where we're going um, from a non-sales perspective. And that obviously has a ton of value, but it's really about the internal alignment piece of knowing, okay, here are the big things that are coming that we're going to make a huge splash about. And here are these other really cool things that maybe aren't impacting everyone, but would impact a broad set of our customers that we want to make sure to drive, you know, awareness and enable the customer marketing team to be able to do some, you know, really fun, you know, customer activities around. Um, So I think kind of getting into that, like what good looks like for PMM is like proactive. Like I, I would say a little bit of where we are at Drift right now is we are reactive and that just is a due to resource and, and bandwidth, right? Of just needing to, we're in hyper growth and we just need to grow the team. Um, it's a really tough market for PMM right now because there's, I don't know, every company has, I guess, realized that product marketing is a yeah. full function <laughs> and everyone's hiring product marketers. Yeah. 
But, uh, but yeah, I think it's being, it's being proactive and it's partnering with the product managers early as like early as possible on anything that, that we are building. Yeah. I think that hypergrowth thing is so real because it's, it's one thing to say, okay, sit down and make a roadmap. Okay. I kind of know where I'm going. Great. But then like it changes so quickly. And I think the hard part is how do we keep everyone on the same page? How do I help you understand what we're learning and how we're thinking without like, you know, there was a meeting I was in the other day where it was like, how many spreadsheets do we have that's like tracking the same thing, like slightly differently? And it's not the kind of stuff that I think just sort of explodes when you're growing really quick and everyone's trying to solve um, a set of problems. But I guess before we get too deep into the reality and the, the traps and things like that, like you mentioned earlier that it's different at different companies. And so what are, can you take me through kind of the, the common ways that people do product marketing just so that if other people's orgs are different, they can kind of have a sense? Yeah, absolutely. I would say the biggest impact is really what department product marketing sits in. And so I've uh, sat in it both under, typically under product or it's under marketing. And I, in my career, I've actually done, been both a couple different times. And so when you're reporting up to a chief product officer, I would say the PMM function is a little bit more product driven, right? And you have probably better alignment from the get-go between PMM and PM. You're on the same team. When it sits under marketing reporting to a CMO, it's a bit more like commercial focus, right? Much more with that sales side. And I really think regardless, you need a healthy balance. Like product and sales are our two most important stakeholders and it should be 50-50 no matter what you know department you're under. But regardless of that, I think obviously that impacts a little bit of, of process. But to me, there's some core pillars of product marketing. And the way I, I think about it is one, one of these pillars is market insights. And this is to inform roadmap, as we've talked about, as well as messaging and positioning. And so some of those pillars would be, you know, market research. What's our TAM and SAM? What's the addressable market? Influencer conversations, analyst relations, competitive, win-loss, you know, voice of customer, having a customer advisory board, which is something Drift will be doing hopefully next year with with the pandemic um, winding hopefully down, Um, (laughs) TBD. So that's like taking all of that great knowledge of the market and using that across, right, to influence messaging and roadmap. Um, Similar, but I think it deserves its own pillars around product positioning. So this ties at the highest level our company positioning, like who we are and what problems we solve, what value we deliver, to bringing that down. So if you think about drift, our like philosophy of being buyer first, right? We're all about using conversations to allow buyers to meet businesses on their terms, anytime, anywhere, anyhow, they, any you know way they want. But then how do we do that? Like, that's cool. That, that excites me. Awesome. Okay. Well, how do you do that? Actually, what is the, pro- okay, we have a revenue acceleration platform. Okay. Well, what is that? And like, what are the key things, components of it? But without just listing features that to you, you know, you and me might be like, cool, because we know what they are, but like that, you know, our prospects are like, no, what problem does it solve? So then it's taking those and aligning it to how this helps solve your problem. So under that, obviously there's roadmap, there's launches, all of that. And then I think about go to market, which is sort of a big pillar, but it encompasses a lot of things that would be tied into a product launch, but also might not necessarily be a, so it could be like a rebrand, right? Where you're doing a whole new name for Drift overall. But typically these are things like pricing and packaging, which as we, as you and I know is, is quite complex and it is anywhere. Naming, how do you name, how do you build a, a naming structure for a business so that every feature 
and product can scale as you grow, right? And and maintain this consistency. Partnerships, channel or strategic um, referral, that type of thing. Working with demand gen and customer marketing on content, thinking about segmentation, right? Who are those different verticals of customers we sell to, whether it's healthcare or SaaS or financial services? Are they enterprise businesses or SMB, right? And then who are the personas? Is it you know, sales, marketing, ops, and then there's so many personas within that. And then demo, I think demo scripts and and partnering with the solution consulting team and product team on building customer facing sales demos that showcase the our product, but talking about it, you know, in, with value based language opposed to, to features. And then the last kind of big pillar, I think is on sales and CS enablement and partner enablement, because we can, again, you can build this awesome product. I can be like, here's the pricing, here's this name, here's this messaging. But at the end of the day, if the folks who are selling it, which are our partners, our, our CS and our sales teams don't understand it and don't know what to do and how to talk about it, then we won't sell it. So, Yeah. yeah I think what I love about that list is that all of that is that at least in in the world that I'm in, I think it's really common. And I've been here before for people to think, well, if we build the greatest product ever, it's going to go viral. We're going to have word of mouth. It'll be organic. Like we won't need to do all of this because it's just going to work so well. And maybe that works for the occasional company, but I would imagine even those companies have a really strong sense of all of these things, depending on what kind of product they are. And it's, I think it's such a trap you can fall into as a product person to assume that just building a great product is going to work commercially when you haven't thought about this whole list of things and you haven't sort of appreciated how challenging they are. Yeah. And, and I think like, you know, what you're, you love the, you know, building of it, which to me, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. But then if you think about it, like that's so much time to build. If you then also have to like, think about all these other things of like, how do you build it? And then you need to commercialize it. It's like, you don't have time. And that's where I think, PMM plays that nice intersection, right? Of like almost in a way of like buffering sales from product, right? Of like, and I love salespeople, but I don't mean that in a negative way, but like they have a lot of, they're the loudest people, which is great, Um, but they're going to have feedback. And it's like, if you're just getting that directly from the PM to the PMs, that's, that's hard. Then there's so much noise. Like, where do you focus? It's like, oh, I heard this from a customer, but sales just asked me this and this. And it's like, we should kind of be that like suction of like, all right, here's what we're hearing. And then let's digest it in a way and share it out to the teams in a more digestible way. Yeah. And I think what's interesting though, is that you want to have that more representative understanding of what's going on because you're able to pull in all those different sources of information. But I also think like I would mentor PMs and for myself, like I need to be having that relationship with sales directly as well. And so I, I don't think it would be healthy for an org to have like products and sales never speaks to each other because they only go through product marketing. But at the same time, I feel like the conversations where it's you and me and a sales director are more productive because then it's like, we're all kind of bringing a different perspective and you, you see both sides even, even more than, you know, either sales or me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it, you nail, nail, nail on the head of, of like, is it like what level, right? I think PMs versus leadership, like it's certainly not like, we all need to be aligned across the teams. And, and to your point that those are the most successful is when it's PM, PMM, and whoever like sales leader that we are working with or a GM or whatever the structure of the business is, that alignment. And, and that's actually how we structure 
PMM at Drift or, or Will when we grow out our team is having, you know, product marketer, you know, my team focused on a certain product line. So yours, for example, the mark, all the products you build for marketers and then a certain sales segment, whether that's mid-market or enterprise or growth so that they are aligned to that sales leader and they are aligned to that product leader being yourself. And so they can really be that direct liaison across. So we're getting into this a little bit, but I want to talk about the the traps and pitfalls and mistakes that people make. And you mentioned earlier, and this is something that we've talked about before, that if you're not properly resourced or if you kind of fall behind a little bit, you start to get reactive. And I think it's interesting because that's that's often how products can feel too. If you're, you know, maybe you're drowning in tech debt or you're fixing bugs or this and that, and then all of a sudden you feel like you're barely ever able to get ahead and you're always trying to catch up. Um, and so like... Take me through sort of how what that is, and then what other traps people fall into. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a great question. So I think it's very common for when you're at a smaller team of PMM and PMM teams are unless you get into like a big enterprise business are never going to be massive, right? right. Um, maybe five, like 10, 10 people. Um, I've been at companies that are you know six thousand people where we had a forty five person PMM team, right? But again, that, that comes with scaling. But I think one of the biggest pitfalls, and, and I'm, you know, I do this myself, which is something I'm working on, but is, is getting stretched a bit too thin and is taking on a lot of work. Um, I think we just talked about of the role of PMM. They're kind of, I hate, it sounds really like tooting my own home to say it, but it's like kind of these like unicorn people who like can work with product, but can work with sales and can work with execs and like can, liaise across all these different types of stakeholders and also be a good storyteller at the same time. And so typically they're like overachievers who work really hard. And, and one of the pitfalls of that, right, is you take on a lot and then you can't, you do everything like, okay, but not excellent. And so I think the key is to really prioritize what are the, it's not about the number of activities. It's what are the most impactful activities to move the business forward, to move the needle for the business. And that's what you should be prioritizing. And that means you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. You're going to have to say no to the one-off one-pager requests that come in from sales. You're going to have to say no to the, oh, I have this feature that I want to do something with, with product, but like, I haven't heard about it. Like we're going to, you kind of have to do it. And I think the key is doing it tactfully. So it's not like rude, obviously, but it's here are the big things we know are going to move the business forward. And, and that's what, um, you know, I, I think that's the best way to be successful when you're a small, lean, lean PMM team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other piece in, and we were talking about this earlier, is that you're working across all of those different teams within the business, but then where we sit in the hierarchy also means that we are right in between the executive team and like the IC team. And so it's not just that we're working, you know, you and I both working across the stakeholders that we have, but it's also like, and we have these other two groups of stakeholders. So it's kind of this like three dimensional list of stakeholders that you have to manage. And I think I would I would say that the people who succeed in what I do and what you do have a lot of the same characteristics in terms of being able to manage all of those personalities and saying no tactfully is definitely a thing as you know PM is good at <laughs> or maybe not tactfully just aggressively and I also think that like there's something to be said for just being able to to stay positive. I think that's something I think a lot about with product is you have all these stakeholders, you have to say no, you never have enough time. You have, you know, that list of different things that PMM does is a hundred things long. 
like you have to figure out how to do that and not burn out and also to be sort of like relentlessly positive with the stakeholders that you have, right? Because like part of what you're doing is is selling, um, which I imagine why you're probably probably so good at this role as too, is you have experience doing that. And like, how do you think about keeping that like optimism going? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, on selling, you're always selling. Everyone's always selling. I mean, that's sort of the way I think about it, like even internally, right? If you're trying to sell a product that you want to build and you need to sell it up to Leo or to Elias, like you're selling and it's obviously a different motion. And so I think that's spot on. And, And I do think the positivity is so important because the way you express yourself and to others has a big impact, right? Especially like on how cross-functional product marketing role in particular is, and as well as, you know, PM, like if you have a negative attitude on things that comes across and that's actually not going to help you influence, which is one of the most important things, uh, jobs of, of the role. So I think for me, and I've certainly been in the burnout. I mean, I was the only PMM at Drift for a while and I and we <laughs> all learned how valuable PMM is and how much we appreciate you. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I definitely burned myself out, uh, I can yeah. admit. <laughs> but I, you know, but it's hard because you feel like you're failing, right? Because, yeah. and this is something I talk about, it's like, I, I just know all the things we should be doing and can be doing in PMM. And it's like, I was having this conversation with Leas and he was like, really, I, you're just one person. We're not like, we know you can't do everything. And I'm like, I know, but there's so much Elias that we're not doing that like is best in class product marketing. And I know what that is. And I know Drift needs it. And so I think for me was learning to say, okay, Aurelia, like you're not failing. You're one person. Um, you can't do everything. And what I learned I could have done better is articulate here are all the things I'm not going to do because I can't. And this is the impact, the risk to the business in in not having that, which actually might've helped get, you know, maybe more headcount faster and and maybe not. But I think that's a learning I've taken is like by sometimes taking on too much and trying to do, people actually just keep letting you do that opposed to letting you build out, helping build out, right. And realizing it, it's too much. So for me, it was really focusing on okay, I feel like I'm failing, but I'm not. Here are the things I can really drive the needle and impact. And instead of doing 10 things, I'm going to do five things and do them really well. Yeah. And and I'm going to break in the things that I like, that make me happy. To your point about happiness, like there's people at Drift I love to work with. Like, you know, you're one of those people. And it's like, okay, I'm going to find <laughs> some of those people and I'm just going to like spend some time with them. Because, you know, everyone has days at work that aren't great. And you have to remember that it's a point in time and what's the part of my job I love the most is like working with sales and helping close deals is finding awesome products to launch is certain people. It's like the little things to celebrate and, you know, keep that, that positivity. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, I think it's also, as you, you grow in leadership, you move away from some of the things that you love doing in the first place that got you into the role. Like I'd imagine there's some like activities that an IC PMM would do that you love doing. And there's definitely things that I miss about being in products or being a like an individual contributor PM that every once in a while I get a chance to do. And I'm like, yes, like, let me get in here. Let me look at this design. And I'm sure the PMs are like, this is super annoying. Please stop. But I'm, you know, I'm sure there's also those things that you, you do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of bringing you back to, it's like childhood, like as a kid, right? What are the things yeah. <laughs> that you, that you loved? Um, we both played, you know, 
did sports competitively. And so it's like thinking back to the, there's times that, that suck. <laughs> like, yeah. You're not going to, can't get around it, but yeah. <laughs> there's a love, like there's a reason you, you do that. And it's the same thing for the profession I think about is like, you know, I thought about, do I still want to do product at one point? Like, do I really want to do product marketing or do I want to go back into sales? Like, are there other things? And, and I really thought about and realized like, no, I, I love, I love what product marketing is and what we can do. And so I remind myself of that, right? Of it takes time um, sometimes to, to get to that place, but everything starts somewhere. I wasn't a great soccer player and I worked really hard and eventually got there. And same thing with, you know, with the job. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then I want to get your advice. Um, so the, the relationship between PM and PMM is, especially in B2B, uh, extremely important. And I think PMs typically don't don't have enough of an appreciation for how important your team is for our products to be successful. Uh, and I feel like if PMs better understood that, they would be like knocking down your door trying to figure out how to work more effectively with you. Like what what do you think is good for that relationship? And like what's your advice for for PMs in approaching PMM and like how to be a good partner? Yeah super closely <laughs> work <Yeah>. together <laughs> a lot and early like it's as early as possible from like a pm perspective when you're like in an like writing the epic right like you know you're going to be building something like pull in pmm it, we're not going to be doing stuff yet but it allows the product marketer to start to learn the product why you're building it who is it for what problem is it solving so that to my earlier point of like know enough to be dangerous we, we then can answer questions and, and start to really formulate what's a story we want to tell to the market about this and also plan because there's all these other teams, right? Like to do a big launch, I mean, I'm coordinating it, but I have my customer marketing team, my demand gen, my web team, my creative team, my partner, like there's so many teams who are involved in, in making that successful. So when you think about launches, it's like, you know, aligning early and often. And I think a key piece of that is the product development process, right? Which is something that talking about roles and responsibilities, like product management owns that, right? Anything before a product is generally available, it's owned by product. So I think having a clear process of moving from whether it's an alpha to a beta to GA with gates, like what, how are we kicking out? What are the goals of alpha? How do we know we've successfully you know, achieved those and, and now can move to beta where we expand it to more customers? What do we need to learn and test you know, and reach in beta to say, okay, it's generally available or minimum MVP. And we don't do that at Drift, but like minimum vial product, right? That a lot of product orgs do do. And so I think it's having that process and then partnering, as I said, early. So like before alpha even starts, the product marketer is brought in to know, okay, here's what we're going to start to do. And we can bake in to partner together to think about what's the right time to do a big market launch, to train our teams. Because that's the piece I would add is like, I think sometimes we don't realize how much time it takes our internal teams to really learn these things. Because like, you know the product well, I'll know it really well, but they have like 1 million other things that they're trying to do. And we all know sales is hard enough just as is. And so how do we give them the time to learn it, absorb it? Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that we did um, recently that I don't know if it's we've had enough cycles for it to sort of show up in your life consistently is that we took this advice to heart and we changed our development process and our one pager 
specifically adding in steps to make sure that everyone was talking to go to market and specifically product marketing earlier when it's just in the, when you're even thinking as a PM, when you're in the like, what vague set of problems am I thinking about solving? And like the second you start writing one of those on paper, like go talk to product marketing and like put it on their radar so that they can start thinking too. Um, Cause I think that like saying that is one thing, but how do you make it happen at a company is obviously a very different thing. And so we've been experimenting with ways to try to push that behavior. Yeah. And it's been, it's been great, right? Like we saw that with our launch of the sales loft partnership most recently and being mm-hmm. able to really build that and, and building that muscle. And, and one thing that, you know, when you guys are writing that, like you might be geeking out on it, but we are too, like it's product marketing, right? It's not just marketing. It, the product is in the name for a reason. And it's because we also love the product and geek yeah. out over it too. And so like, you know, I know this week we were doing like design sprints and I couldn't make any of them because of just priority to our point earlier. Other things that I'm doing to your life. <laughs> but I wanted to. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm so bummed I'm missing this because I love design sprints. It's so fun. Um, and, yeah. and so that's, you And I think you know, also yeah. the thing I think about with, with the PMs is like if someone's going to you and you don't care about it, like to me, that's a signal I want to get very early is like, okay, we're really hyped. We have this idea. We have this, we're thinking about solving this problem. And then you go to you, maybe if I'm looking for someone to like really invalidate my ideas, I might go to Chris over in sales. And then if both of you guys are like, I don't like, cool, but what about this other problem? Then I know either I'm not explaining myself well, or this is probably not a thing that has legs. And like, that's a feedback that you want to get very early. So it's also, it's not just to like help you do your job. It's also to help us do our job. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So then if I'm curious about the role or want to get smarter, like what are some resources that you would suggest for people to read or listen to, um, to get a little bit more into this world of product marketing? Yeah. A number of things. So one is you just feel free to reach out to product marketers. I get this a lot. People reaching out to me on LinkedIn, um, just various sources of like, hey, like I'm in PM. I'm a PM. I'm trying to get into product marketing or I'm in content marketing. I'm trying to get into product marketing. Like, how do I do it? Advice on the role. Um, so just leverage, you know, network is is a big thing. And, and I would say it's while there's a lot of product marketers, it's also a tight community because it's like a role that companies are now just starting to, to kind of understand. And so PM, PMMs are always willing to talk to, to others about, about it. Um, but there's some other really like great resources. So there's the Product Marketing Alliance. Um, they are an organization you can join, subscribe for free and get a lot of awesome content. Um, they have, you know, what product marketing is, how to work with PMM, how to, the relationship between PM and PMM. They have templates for customer facing presentations for roadmap, those types of things. So really great part. And you can also pay to, you know, get even more, but there's so much for free. Serious decisions is also another one that I love. Um, They do again, a lot about product marketing, the overlap with PM, they have a great roles and responsibility slide. I'll share with you. It just shows like in different colors, there's overlaps between PM and PMM, like some stuff we both do, right? And then some you guys do and we own. And um, it's a really great visual way to see like the key responsibilities. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think there's some good, I, I've done some talks at Harvard, like HBS, like there's different things here and there of PMs and PMM, like in those roles. Um, so if you do a little like Google searching too, I think um, a lot, a lot comes up. Um, but yeah, typically I would just say those those two and and talk to a product marketer and and a PM and vice versa. I love that. Yeah, I think people 
I would people assume that people aren't going to respond when you reach out to them. And I think a lot of times there's people are available and are happy to talk about the thing that they do because I love doing it. So yeah, I second that. Um, I, every once in a while I get someone reaching out with an interesting question, like the guy who reached out thinking that his PMs don't have time to do half their job. And I was like, well, that's because it's an entirely different part of the org. <laughs> yeah. And, and people um, will not respond and you know, that's yeah, just yeah, part yeah. of it, right? The rejection. But, um, yeah, the way I look at it is like, it never hurt that you've nothing to lose in reaching out to ask. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Aurelia, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, walking me through this. And hopefully you'll see it show up in my work with you that I'll be a little bit better and maybe the roadmap won't change so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having (laughs) me, Maggie. I was so excited when you asked me and uh, I love working with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.